we're charging realtors three, $4,000 a month and have no idea what it takes to even be a realtor. How is that fair to your client? You know, it's our job to properly lead the client. Most realtors do not know how to run a business and that's okay because we're not taught that. Realtors are really good at doing, once they have the client, realtors are like, it's off to the races after. They'll show you 30 houses in a day. They do not care, but there's a front half missing. How do you get that first date? Welcome everyone to the Cassandra Properties Podcast. We're joined today by Kari Harper. Um, this is one of those podcasts that you you kind of put a little star next to because it's something we're, we're working really hard on. We're, we have Pete sitting in today. As many of you know, Pete runs the podcast for us. He's our CMO. He has complete oversight on everything we do here, but um, we want to welcome Kari to the show. How are we doing today, baby? Can't complain. Can't complain. Good. Thanks for taking the time out. Um, you know, before we jump into to what you do, which, you know, uh, to kick it off, uh, folks, Kari is kind of self-described as a client acquisition specialist. And we'll we'll get into what all that means as we get into into the show. But you've got a, a pretty amazing uh, story. Uh, your, your background, uh, we find that there's these common threads in a lot of us serial entrepreneurs. So I was I was wondering if we can kick it off. Maybe you could share with the audience, Kari, uh, a little bit about your, your personal life and how you ended up where you are today. All right. Very well. Well, you know, it all started with my mom and dad. You know, that's, that was the beginning of everything. But, uh, you know, it's just as I got older, when I turned 18, I graduated high school. I'm 26 right now. Don't let the bald head fool you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I graduated high school and it was just I've always been on this entrepreneurial journey. I never really wanted to work a nine to five. Not that the work isn't hard. It was just more so, I think at that time when you're young, it's more of an egotistical thing. You're like, why do I have to listen to this person when I know I can do better? So basically I've, I've quit every job that I ever had. I never had a job longer than six months. Like never, there's never, Kyrie Harper has never been employed for more than six months in his life. So um, from there, you know, I did a little odd job, real estate, I mean, not real estate, uh, landscaping, selling cars, delivering pizzas, and I always told myself, this was like from 18 to 21, everything I did, I was like, you know what, no matter what job you take, you're going to take pride in it and you're going to learn something from it to get you to that next level. So delivering pizza before Uber and DoorDash were like sending notifications that they're around the block in like 20, whatever it was, 15, I was texting the people I was delivering pizza to saying, hey, uh, GPS says I'll be there in 26 minutes and giving them the updates and just everything and it was funny because i was like this would be a really good idea if someone created an app where they actually tell you when the food's coming so trust me when i saw doordash and uber eats and everything i was like ah there it is Kyrie." and then from there you know uh more odd jobs i had i did i was homeless so i was going i was couch surfing from like 18 to 22 but i started throwing parties as well for college kids, you know, I never went to college, but I, I definitely utilized their, their, their training grounds. And, but from there, when I used to throw parties with my friend, I was like, listen, we can't just be like these fraternity guys. How do we create an experience? You know, how do we have a marketing department? How do we ensure and get feedback when people leave the party? How do we make sure everyone's safe? You know, it was just so many things that I've combined. And then in 20, I forgot which year I was 22 years old. Um, 
I was, I was landscaping and throwing parties at this time, but my friend was like, hey, I'm going to this Fortune Builders event. Why don't you come with me? And I was like, nah, I'm good, man. So I skipped that, but then I saw this party happening in Manhattan, but it was a real estate networking event. And I was like, this is my type of scene. You know, I got like $30 in my bank account, Manhattan rooftop, I can afford it. <laughs> so <laughs> I go there, right? And I'm telling everyone, I, I work in landscaping and I, I host events and everything like that. And then people are looking at me like, why are you even here? So I, I lived in Israel, by the way. I lived there for three years. That's a whole story within itself. So I speak Hebrew. And I hear these guys talking, this guy named Nick talking. He's speaking in Hebrew. So I'm like, listen, nothing's happening here. I just spent my last, you know, $30 on the two beers that I bought. So I might as well do something. So I hear this guy, Nick, speaking Hebrew. And I just turn around to him and start speaking Hebrew. And he's with him and his friends. And Nick's an investor in Brooklyn. And he just starts looking at me like, what? So he started talking all night. He was like, listen, this is what I want you to do. He's like, I want you to call. I want you to call this guy tomorrow. His name is Sean. He's my partner. Sean's actually his cousin. And he was like, just sit with him and uh, get an interview. Just interview with him and see if you want to come work with us. And they were doing like short sales and everything. So I was like, you know what? No problem. So I did that. And we were doing cold calling, door knocking. And this is, we were doing this in Brooklyn, you know, not Brooklyn as it is now. Brooklyn as in before, you know, really started making that come up. So we were cold calling, door knocking, everything in the book. And I loved it because he was like, Sean was 26 years old at the time when he hired me. And he was a millionaire. I was like, if he could do it, he came from Israel. And, you know, and he was a locksmith at first and then just built his everything up. There's Once again, that's that mentality. There's no way I can't do it no matter what. There's no excuse. So did that, made no money at all. I, I got deals done, but they were short sales. So they were so long. And I was, I'm living in Jersey at the time. I was like, I can't, it's cost $30 to just get to get to the office in Brooklyn. So from there, I started doing my own thing. And that was like 2016, 2017. So I go back, I was like, Hey, listen, Hey guys, we're just going to set uh, part ways. I'm going to do some wholesaling in Jersey first, you know, cause I was like, if I could do this in Brooklyn and get people to actually talk to me and, and get to the negotiation table, I could do it in New Jersey because people are a lot nicer in New Jersey, or at least they were once upon a time. So we did that. And then I met this kid named Jordan. When I say kid, he's a grown man. He's about 10 years older than I am. So he's like, me and him partner up because he had this deal, right? He's like, Kyrie, can you sell this? I didn't even know him, but he was like, I heard that you do wholesaling. Can you sell it? I was like, hey, listen, I'll try. It was this crappy house in Orange, New Jersey. And we sold it to a guy and I got it done. I got the deal done in like three weeks. This is a wholesale deal. So from there, Jordan and I are sitting down like, bro, can you tell me, just tell me, I cold call and door knock. What are you doing different? He was like, he's like, this is the secret. He was like, I use Google ads. And he's like, and I use Facebook ads as well. I was like, what? I was like, advertising online? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure. And him and I start working together because he has another deal, another deal, and another deal. I'm like, how much are you spending on advertising? He's like, I pay the company 2,000 a month and I spend around 3,000 a month for the ad spend. I was like, okay. And then from there, he's getting all these leads in and they're closing and it's working. I was like, yo, this is, nobody's doing this. So Jordan and I, we worked together and me and him just started killing it after that. 23 deals, wholesale deals in six months. And from there, I was like, you know what? I need to get away. And I got my real estate license in 2018 as well. And I, I, I basically ran away to Columbia. Personal problems, you know, depression and everything else. You just When you start making money, but you're not right internally, it never works out. So I was just self-sabotaging the entire way. 
Um, I went to Colombia, right? So in 2018, I'm in Colombia, having the time of my life. I'm sure everyone knows what Colombia is like, you know? <laughs> so I'm there and I see these kids. There's this kid named Ravi Abuvala. He's like, a, he was a big marketer. Now he's a coach, but, and I'm meeting all these kids. I'm like, yo, how are you guys 21, 22 living life like this? And they're saying, oh, you just run ads on Facebook. You run ads for realtors. We do this for coaches. We, well, they, it was, the concept was always running ads. But I met this kid named Ravi. He was special. He was making $50,000 a month. And he was really running. He was running ads and he has his license. So he was sending out referrals as well while traveling the world. Now he makes $400,000 a month. It's, these numbers were insane. I was like, what? And they still sound insane, but not anymore because now you see it's all scalability. But that's a different conversation for later on. Yep. So, yeah, I saw Ravi. He told me what he was doing. When I came back from Columbia, I was there for three months. I got right to work. Basically, it was, I was, I started running ads. I asked Jordan, that's the guy I was working with in the past. I was like, hey, listen, what can you give me? Can you at least give me a landing page or something that I could use? I bought every course out there. I'm literally spending my credit cards. I'm living in Colombia, and I burned out my credit cards to buy courses to, run, to learn how to run ads. So that's how it really started, the whole advertising process uh, uh the advertising uh, journey so uh we covered a lot of ground there i got a couple of questions for you so it sounds like from an early age and again this is one of those common themes um you had a hard time going through school because the the information just didn't seem relevant to you in the moment right now, I, I remember like so clearly being in school and in class after class. And if it, it wasn't until later uh, in life when I started getting into the business courses, it just, it, I couldn't create the bandwidth in my brain to absorb what, what they were teaching because it just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. So that carries over and you, you know, you seem to be uh, a problem solver, right? You're looking for better ways to do it. I love the thing about texting you know, the customers when you're delivering pizza, like, well, there's got to be an easier way to do this and keep the customer informed and scale it. And then you you graduated up into wholesaling uh, and running ads for wholesaling. Can you explain to the audience what is wholesaling? So wholesaling is, is basically, to put it in simple terms, you're a middleman. You just plug a home seller in who's selling that they can't put their house on a, the regular market, not the 2021 regular market, any time before this regular market. You know, so and then you will bring an investor who will pay cash and you just put those two together and you'll keep a little fee in the middle. OK, so now you're the, the CEO, all in one real estate consultants, and you're starting to scale um, ways to cut through the noise, if you will, and generate leads for realtors. So uh, we talked a little bit offline before we started, and uh, it's the big reason why Pete's joining us today. Um, at some point over the last maybe 10 years or so, deal making wasn't enough anymore, right? You, you had to become a marketer uh, and a deal maker. Otherwise, you just, it wasn't cutting it anymore. So many of us that are in the industry are not left brain thinkers, right? We don't have that creative side. Uh, we don't have that, that kind of DNA to put the ads together and make it look and feel right. And, and if you're trying to do things at scale like we are, it's so important for there to be consistency in the message and the branding and you know everything has got to kind of jive. Um, so for us, 
I think our biggest issue, right, is getting the best leads we can in the most efficient way possible and not having uh, the agents give the feedback of, oh, these, these, these were bad leads or, and then they kind of like shut off, right? Right. That, that's what comes down to it a lot. Of, I mean, we've, we've run a lot of ads now. We do we Google a lot of Google search. We do Facebook ads as well, too. Um, Facebook seemed to be working a lot in the past, but then, it, it, like James said, it comes down to the feedback. You know, it can only do so much, drive a lot of ads, but you don't know if they're really good, they're really bad, and there's no way to really optimize after that. So I feel the, the feedback... Um, of what the the leads are or how or the quality of them is very very important this way you can continue to either get more of those or just your strategy to go out and find um, other leads somewhere else absolutely so you now have put together kind of a complete solution you even go so far as to bookings correct oh yeah we, we go all the way in so can you you give us a, a, a roll-up of, of the services from top to bottom so the the premium service i like to call it is pretty simple we create your ads for you facebook or google uh i have a live texting team that will attempt to schedule an appointment with the uh with the lead and i also have a call center who's calling the leads as well to try to schedule that appointment or provide a live transfer as they're going to get qualifications and say hey mr mrs realtor i have a jane on the phone She's look. She's looking to sell her house, three bed, four bath at one, two, three Main Street. Can you talk to her right now? Agent will say yes. From there, the caller passes the the phone. The the transfers the call to the agent. It's the agent takes it from there. So, like, <coughs> uh, seller leads is the holy grail in our business. Yeah. Right. So you're doing seller leads as well. Yeah, we do sell buyers and sellers. We're mainly sellers now because. Yeah, the market. So when you when you're running Google ads, are you running all types of Google ads? Are they search, display, video? What types of ads are they? Um, they are search ads, and we we do have it showing on display, but I don't know which one's performing the best. But I'm pretty sure it's just the main search ads because we use around like what is it ninety eight keywords as well. It's it's not an over overly complicated process. And, you know, I never want to bore anyone with the details, but if you really want to become good at marketing, you have to understand you have in the beginning, if you want to become good at marketing, you, you first have to make a decision. Do you want to build your brand or do you want leads? That's the first question. You cannot do both at the same time. You know, I did not like at one point you guys said all in one real estate consultants, right? That was my company. Last year, I just changed it to the real estate robot. But I wasn't focused on branding. I was focused on the result. And just from my experience, a lot of realtors are like, I need my image here. You know, for legality purposes, of course, you need the logos and everything. Yes, yeah, so I understand that part. But most realtors haven't made that clear decision. Do they want leads or they want branding? And so let's just say that answer is they want leads. Forget the branding. The next question you need to ask yourself is, how are you communicating with these leads? Let's just say I'm only going to provide you guys leads, right? And people say the leads are bad. Yes, leads are bad. It, it just happens sometimes. There's no avoiding it. You know, you're not going to you're not going to be the lucky one that gets great leads all the time. It's not going to happen. But 
you can be that person with the proper follow-up system. And then the person, when you are finally talking to a lead, the real realtors need to stop taking, I'm not trying to attack realtors. I just, I live this life with them. You know, it's, they need to stop asking the question of when you're looking to sell your house, Oh, where would you want to move to? Why can't the conversation be, Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, I saw that you were interested in selling your home. You know, you said you want to sell it in three to six months. I'm curious. Why did you decide to choose between three to six months? Is it something urgent? Or, you know, if you didn't sell within three to six months, would you be okay with that? Those are the questions we need to begin asking. Yeah. How do we provide the value first? Take second. One of my mentors said, Kyrie, the way I became a rich man was like this. He was like, I learned how to divide before I multiplied. And I was like, I, get, I, I didn't get it when he said it. But then he was like, I, he learned how to divide that pie and share with everybody and give value to everyone. And then it began stacking up. I was like, oh, shoot, this is what he meant. So, so yeah. In 2019 is when you made the shift from all-in-one real estate consultants to real estate robot services, right? Well, 2020, 2019, one of those, yeah. All right. Now, as you've made this shift, are you providing um, data with these? So the leads come in, they get transferred to an agent. Does the office or does the individual agent get, you know, an email or something with the person's information that called or, or, or is the agent responsible for handling that? So once it's transferred, the agent is responsible for handling it, which is like another gift and curse. You know, because I feel for realtors as well. They they wear 10 different hats in a day and they're expected to run a business. But there comes a time when you have to set that line between, okay, I'm the marketing company. I'm not the assistant. Okay. And how are you mobilizing this? Do you have a team of virtual assistants that are just? Yes, sir. Got it. So all virtual assistants. And, you know, because I have real estate experience. You know, it's pretty easy. It really gives me a leg up on all my competition because all these other marketers, they've never, they don't even know what a CO inspection is. Like, you know, the bare basics. I'm like, how are you selling something and you don't even understand the process of what your client is going through? Hence, I take that same mindset that I have with realtors and I say, hey, realtors, how are you going to try to convince someone to let you list their home? And you don't even know why they want to sell their home. So that's something we have found over and over and over that technology bangs up against the real estate world. There are so many products and services out there that are being designed by tech people that don't understand the flow of a deal. They don't understand the nuance of real estate. And while in principle, some of them have wicked good ideas, they just don't translate to reality. Right. There's there's no harmony between these apps and these third party services and the reality of how we run our business. And I think there is such a disconnect because marketers and realtors, they're looking at we're looking at each other as if we're different and we're not. But at the same time, there's another big problem is the people on my side, the marketing side. We're charging realtors three, four thousand dollars a month and have no idea what it takes to even be a realtor. How is that fair to your client? You know, it's our job to properly lead the client. Most realtors do not know how to run a business, and that's okay because we're not taught that. 
but you know, realtors are really good at doing, once they have the client, realtors are like, it's off to the races after they'll show you 30 houses in a day. They do not care, but there's a, there's a front half missing. How do you, how do you get that first date? You know? So, so, so can I just follow up on one thing here? You mentioned something before, which is uh, the biggest problem that I, that I see as well is the, is the follow-up, right? We could drive all the leads and you know, it, it, it could be a seller lead, but someone's not ready in three to six months or whatever. And you have to continue to cultivate the lead. And I think that's where there's a big struggle for a lot of the different agents. Like I said, agents are different types of people they want now. Like if they're ready to sell now, I'll take them. We're off to the races and ready to go. But if they got to cultivate that or continue to work with that person, that's where I think there's a lot of fall off and something that could be a good lead never ends up uh, becoming that because they don't follow up. So, you have, do you have like a follow-up system or, because um, what I've been trying to implement is to get like drip campaigns or something like that, just to get the agents to interact with the client or can continue to build that relationship once they have it. Um, but I think if there was something like maybe that you had like a robot or something like that, it would be a, a very useful for them. We do, we definitely do. But there's one thing and I, I hate saying it cause like shoots myself in the foot. It doesn't work anymore. You, Why is that? homeowners know that their house is worth a lot of money. Homeowners know a realtor will do anything to take the listing, including listing at one to 2% on the commission side. Homeowners are not dumb to what's going on. Yeah. And the problem is the the drip campaign will in this current market, when the market changes, the drip campaign is going to save. But if we're talking about 2021, July 1st, you need to bring that personality. And how do you stand out from the competition? First, you need to be able to generate the leads and not being be afraid to spend the money on advertising. You're spending the money regardless. You're going to spend it on ads or you're going to spend it on not getting deals. But either way, you spend money. So that's first. The next thing is forget about how many leads are coming in. I'm a positive man. I'm a spiritual man. I don't care about the no's in my universe. I just care about the yeses. And when someone gives me the opportunity to speak to them, I'm going to over deliver and make sure it's an experience. How do I make this initial conversation an experience? How do you make your first date an experience? How do you make raising your first child an experience? That's what people need to ask themselves. And when you can do that and cultivate it, you won't need anything automated or anything of that nature. But if you can't, there's going to be a bigger problem. Of course, you're going to be taken out by machines and AI in these tech companies, because if you're giving no personality, AI doesn't give personality either. And they could just do things 10 times faster than we can. So <clears throat> you're, you're so spot on here. I, I try and, and impart to the agents all the time. You're a connector first. That is your first job. If you think about in our own lives, <clears throat> not many of us are doing business on a regular basis with people we don't like, with people that we don't have some sort of connection with, right? Mm-hmm. There's always some sort of common thread or something that you identify with. And <clears throat> I wholeheartedly believe that if you have the right agent, once they get in there, they're going to drive value. Um, in this market now, we, ha- we have these things all the time where we pride ourselves on getting top dollar. We're not a discount brokerage. We're professional. We've been here through a whole bunch of difficult times. We were here through 9-11. 
We were here through the 08 crash. We were here through Superstorm Sandy. We're here through the pandemic. We're professionals. And, you know, we go in for listing appointments. And even in this market, uh, we hear time and time again that, well, you know, this number was here. Your number is here. Sometimes it's above. Sometimes it's below. But when you put the time and energy into it and you're hitting your marks on your numbers, that resonates eventually with, with the homeowners, right? When you're taking the time to distinguish yourself, we just had a class on this actually, things that you can do that we guarantee no other agents are doing in listing presentations. And uh, it's still a challenge to impart that stuff because some of it is uncomfortable for the agents to get their arms around. But you're right, if you're connecting with them and you're distinguishing yourself, um, that's what's going to make the difference. So we believe that we can impart that to our team. And I just want to learn more here. Like this is a podcast, but it's also kind of an interview, right? We're like, let, let's see what kind of business we can do with them. You know what I'm saying? Because we're constantly trying different ways. With, we're constantly growing. How are your leads coming in? Are you sourcing them like in, and leads are calling you or are people responding to email by email and then you're calling them? What's the lead life cycle look like? So it's a pretty simple one. It's the starting point. Step one is creating an ad on Facebook or Google. From there, the lead goes to a landing page. From the landing page, they answer a five-question survey, address, name, number, email, and there's one more uh, time frame of looking to sell. Then after that, on the landing page, they actually have an option to self-book an appointment. And then from there, we're calling, we're texting. We also say tell the agent to call and text when the lead comes in as well because we have been cursed out many times saying, why would I work with an agent? who can't even call me directly. Absolutely. So um, that's really our process. It's really simple. We have, I have not reinvented the wheel. I'm just good at what I do because it's a value. I just believe in the people first. So how does your platform work as far as, um, it, you know, you, you're not paying on a, at least I don't think your platform is, is where you're paying a set amount per lead right? It's not going into a call center. So we want to engage Kari. What, what does that look like? So now we, we have two pricing models. The one we're switching to now is a paper appointment model. Paper appointment. Yeah. Okay. It's basically, it's, it's a little different. So there's a, there's an annual fee and the annual fee is only like $1,500. Like it's really not a lot of money for that annual, that annual fee. And then the appointment fee is $180 per appointment we set for you that that you confirm that you want to take and then you would pay your own ad spend. So you want to spend 500 bucks a month. Okay, whatever we can get for that 500, we're going to run ads and do whatever we can for you and try to set an appointment. And then after that, once you set the appointment, you pay for that appointment. So if we don't deliver on our job, we make no money. Okay, so uh, we want to rock and roll, right? Let's say we, we want to hit it. We want to hit it hard. What type of ad spend do we need to be in for? I think to start, I would always say a thousand bucks a month just to play it safe. If you're using Google and you want the high intent leads and understand that the first 30 days are going to be the, be the most brutal days of your life, there will be nothing happening. So, and it's like when I say brutal, I'm talking, you guys are in Staten Island, correct? Mm -hmm. You guys are going to be getting homeowners in, in, on, in the Jersey Shore in the first 30 days but it's because google really is optimizing you know it is a search-based platform so it's not like facebook where it's an it's an, uh it's a pattern interrupt where people are scrolling all day no these are people physically 
actually going on Google and Google's trying to figure out how do I narrow this in? Yes, they gave me all this information, but we still need time to do right with it. All right. So I need you to talk about that because the agents don't get that. When we try different platforms and you, you try different ways of doing this right off the gate, or off the hop, you, you get this negative feedback and then the agents start to pull back because they don't understand. It's like you got to pay your dues to work your way up through the ranks. Can you talk about that process a little bit? Absolutely. So whenever you start on any advertising uh, campaign, one, if you're in real estate, no matter what, if you guys delivered the hottest leads out here saying, hey, these people want to sell in 45 days, that realtor is going to still need to wait regardless, 45 days plus an additional closing time days to even see an ROI. So any realtor needs to understand if you do real estate marketing, organic or paid, you will not be making money in the first 30 days, maybe not even the first 60, because even after there's multiple variables to just close the deal, as we all know. So when it comes to optimizing a campaign, though, and for those who don't know what it is, I like to say making the campaign finally work, you know, it's basically the leads will be getting generated. And then once they begin getting generated, now it's like, okay, I don't like these leads. These keywords didn't work. Yeah, we have 92 keywords, but only seven of these keywords are performing. This ad worked better than this ad. And now month two, now we have the data of what was working and what landing page to work better. Now we're like, okay, month two, let's begin running these ads now with all the good data we have, get rid of the bad. Month two, let's start generating leads. Now we're generating leads, right? Which is great. But no matter what the platform is, and you cannot pay enough money to get instant gratification leads in real estate. It's impossible. But now it's going to take another 30 days of follow-up. And then it's not just follow-up, it's timing. You can't blame the marketing company for timing. Google cannot force anybody to sell their home. They can't be like, hey, you went to Google search and you said how to sell my house fast. You need to go list it with Lisa right now. <laughs> you can't do it. And realtors need to stop believing that it can happen like that. Because all they're doing now is when they say, hey, you guys are generating leads for them, they're only delaying their success because they're stopping, starting, stopping, starting. And when you stop and start online with advertising, Facebook or Google, they're going to look at you and be like, yo, this is not a business. You're not consistent. Your page isn't consistent. You're trying to change things on your landing page. We, all of a sudden, you went from Keller Williams to EXP. Now your, URL, your domain name is different. That's why I also say, are you going to focus on lead generation or branding first? Mm. And when there's so many inconsistencies that people don't, when there's so many inconsistencies, you're starting and stopping a campaign. Or now you're stressing out the marketer saying, hey, this isn't working. This isn't working. Now the marketers are like, now they're second guessing themselves because they want to keep you as a client. They know it works. but And they're going to do whatever they can to make sure you see that it works. Now the, the marketing agency is changing things in the back end. And if you, if you do that in the first 30 days, oh my God, Google or Facebook are going to be like, I need you to go somewhere. Go take your ads <laughs> out or something like that. 
Uh, I, remember, I remember this. So when I, I used to work in advertising, uh, digital advertising, and um, my main focus was driving app down. I don't know, it's working with a lot of developers. So their main acquisition was cost per acquisition. Main, you know, value KPI was cost per acquisition. The same thing you were mentioning that first 30 days, it's all about optimizing. So if you can get past that first 30 days, then you got a pretty good client. You start to see good results, but the, the, the CPA, the cost per acquisition will always start out, you know, astronomical hundreds or 150 bucks uh, for, for a download or an install. And then finally, as you optimize, it starts to come down to 50, 20, 15, 10, five, but it has to gather that data. But if you have the, if you don't have the right people or if you don't set expectations correctly, then people think right away, it's not going to start. I'm spending way too much money. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this any longer. Then they stop the campaign, like you said, and then they want to come back later on and they got to start all over again with the optimizing. So it's exactly. uh, it brought back a lot of memories where you talk about. <laughs> and then so, if you want to throw something else in there, COVID. COVID people went into scarcity mode. Yeah. You could, my business, we hit our first, I'm talking, we hit our first $50,000 a month in business during COVID. And that's because everything was for sale. You got leads for pennies on the dollar. Imagine if you went to that marketing company last year, you're like, hey, I'm going to stick it out. I'm just going to stick it out. Because at the end of the day, you work in real estate regardless. You're getting paid commission. It doesn't matter if it's a pandemic or not. If you eat what you kill, it doesn't matter what the season is. So with that, we were getting, listen, we were generating 500 leads a month on a $500 ad spend for our clients. And were our clients reaping the rewards? Then, absolutely not. They're like, Kyrie, we want to quit. There's no money coming, nothing. I'm like, you're going to thank yourself later. Now they're sitting with, I have this client, his name's Adam Papish. He's in Kansas City. He's not too happy with me right now. I didn't do anything wrong. It's just, yeah, <laughs> he's just not happy. But he's happy with his leads. I just said something to him I shouldn't have. But we're good friends. We've been through a lot for a while, you know. But so Adam, he's been working with us for literally, it's now been 13 months. And he's done $170,000 in uh, GCI. And that's all Facebook and buyer leads. Oh, by the way, Adam never gave me a testimonial either. He just said, you guys need to do more. So shout out to you, Adam, if you do watch this. Well, now we'll ju- you could just cut this part up and you could just say, Adam did 130000 170000 in GCI. Boom, there's your, your testimonial. Exactly. exactly. Uh, movie magic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but he waited. And that was the thing. He knew, he was like, listen, I know I'm not going to see a return, especially not during COVID. But he was like, but as long as you guys could deliver on your word and put me in front of the right people, I'm going to do what I have to do. And Adam, we used to do, so we do like for some of our clients, the good clients, we do reactivation campaigns. Like if we just see leads sitting there, we're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to personally spend the money to reach back out to them and do everything. We did that with Adam's campaign. We had people texting us back saying, why are you texting me, Adam? You sold me a house a month ago. Oh, or wow. you sold my house, and we're and that's how I found out Adam was doing all these deals. But right. it's a time thing. So I got so many questions. So let's talk about the first thirty days. All right, Kari, we're going to bring you on on board, and we're going to start working together. 
those first 30 days, the calls that are coming in, you guys are still vetting them, right? You got, so by the time they get to the agent, have you weeded out the person in Point Pleasant and that sort of stuff? Or, or are the agents getting all the calls? We're still going to give them everything because there's no need to waste the opportunity. Okay. Even so, if they say no, we're like, we're not going to do that. Okay. So you're speaking to the people. You're going to try and live transfer where you can, right? And the agent's going to get on the call. They're going to talk about it. It's in Philly. It's in South Jersey. It's in Pennsylvania. Not for us. That lead gets put to bed. Um the, the quality calls that come in where they are able to get in for a listing appointment, how does, um, how do you know, like, how do you prove this out? What I'm trying to figure out is, uh, or is there access to like call logs? Are we able to listen and see, is it the agent that's not closing or what's happening? How do you know where these things end? So I have only, I have access to the call recordings because you're actually, you're not allowed to share call recordings if they're not on the call. A lot of people don't know that, but yeah, it's illegal. So what I, I have access to them, not saying I listen to them, but if I happen to accidentally press the wrong button, it happens. So once that happens, that's from my team. And once the realtor gets it in hand, I'm not, there's one, and I hate saying this. I don't believe any realtor when they, like my team members aren't lying to me. You know, they've helped me build this business you know, and I'm not like a mean, like, you know, like business owner. I'm very supportive of all of them and they're really honest with me. So if the realtor says consistently like, Hey, this lead, yeah, you booked the appointment, but it wasn't good. You booked the appointment, but it wasn't good. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm I'll eat that. Don't pay me. No problem. But I'm going to call that lead back. And if it is what it said, if it is how I think it is, I'm going to take it. I was like, you can pay 180 or, or I could just go get a 30% referral from somebody. Either way, it's mine after that. Because it's only fair. Sure. Like, you, you didn't pay for it. You know, you stole from me. So sure. I was like, I need to do something to recoup my investment. So we're only going to be paying for leads that result in appointments in Staten Island, right? Yeah, well, wherever your target market is. Yeah, wherever you want to. All right. So that's on the seller lead campaign. Now, what about different asset classes? So we're a full service brokerage. We do, you know, big, big numbers in residential and in commercial. Do you have a campaign that for, let's let's shift to buyers now. You have a campaign for buyer leads. Uh, let's start buyer residential. I assume you have a buyer residential campaign. All right. And then is it broken down by income uh, or, or by a, a purchase price or is it just general? It starts off as general and then we begin filtering it down. So we know who your ideal buyer client is, which okay. right now obviously is somebody sitting with $200,000 in the bank or more. But um, yeah, we break it down that way. And it's still the same process, live transfers, texting teams, setting the appointment, but buyers really easy to come by. So we really do a retainer model with that because we can just blow people out of the water with buyers all day. Okay. Now, now what about commercial property? No. We, we we do one thing very well and we stick to it. Okay. You know, the commercial aspect of things, one, I don't like the long the longevity of converting that lead. Yep. And it's a different type of conversation, you know, when you're speaking with those type of when business owners like that. And it's not a conversation that I could train somebody to have. Fair enough. So 
the, the team that you put together, uh, these virtual assistants, is it the same virtual assistants you're working with regularly or is it like an Upwork thing where it's as it comes, it comes? Oh no, these are these are like mine. Like every Friday, someone's getting paid. Got yeah. it. Yeah, we we stick. We we're full fully staffed. There's no outsourcing here. I I always wanted control of my entire business. I don't I don't play those. Oh, let me rely on somebody else. You know, I have a son to feed. I'm not I'm not here to play around. All right. So if you had to pick one. Is, is it the seller leads that you're, you're crushing above anyone else? Not, not in volume. I'm talking about in quality. Like, what do you do flat out the best? What, what is Kari the best? Is it buyer leads, seller leads? Seller leads all day because buyer leads are they're simple to come by. They're too easy. It's, 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 it's like you step outside and you got a buyer lead. You know, it's, the value isn't there anymore. Because even if I bring you a buyer that say, hey, I'll buy this house cash, $80,000 above asking and close in 48 hours, the next guy's gonna close in 24. And I don't wanna play that game anymore, you know? Cause then it's things that are out of the agent's control. And I at least wanna have like, hey, if the agent bombs the listing appointment, that has nothing to do with me. Of course. But none of us can control the market, but the listing agent can always get but the agent can always get better at listing presentations, but he can't control what's going on with the economy. So with your seller leads, what do you think is the, is the thing that sets you apart? Is it the messaging? Is it the targeting? Is it the creative so, follow-up, you know, stuff like that? What is, what is it? With Google, no, it's really not. It's really, it's none of that actually. It's really just, it's calling the lead once the lead comes in, even as the agent just introducing yourself, saying hi, and not making a pitch or anything like that. You know, we really call like our first initial call with a, lead, a seller lead. Well, once we figure out the time frame, is hey, what type of conversation are we gonna have? If this, if this lead's looking to sell in one to three months, the conversation is gonna be more aggressive. If they're looking to sell in six months, the conversation is gonna be hey, just wanted to make the introduction, let you know who we are. We're the people that you filled out the form on, and that's all. We just want to let you know what's going so on. So that's here. basically a no hard sell, no wanting to get in there with a pitch or anything like that just say hey, want to introduce myself you know uh, i'm here to help or provide any kind of value maybe give us some tips on the market or um you know something else in the neighborhood that's been selling something like that exactly that's really all it is and we and we do it in the way like my callers are not, they're obviously not salespeople, but they're just saying you know their script would usually be like if it's a six plus month out they're saying hey this is this is ed calling from you know uh Adam Papish at KW. I just want to give you a call because you filled out a form on our website in regards to selling your home. Are you still looking to sell or did you sell your house already? Those two, those two questions, they're going to answer something. They're like, uh, no, I didn't sell. And then boom, 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 boom. Now we're going to start getting a little bit more information. So I think so much of what's important here is the the way the agent handles the leads at handoff, right? I mean, do you, is that part of your process too? Do you offer any things to like coach the agents up on? Not every lead is, oh, I'll be there at two o'clock on Tuesday. I mean, do you, do you have something that offers that process or no? So we put, I have like these little courses that I put together. Like I have a course called F your follow-up 
So <laughs> showing you the actual way to follow up correctly. And they're like, I made them so short. I made them like two minute videos. So I have them go through that. The expectations from an expectation standpoint, um, my team, like my sales guys really know what I'm looking for. So we don't really have headache clients that first 30 days are like whatever. But um, yeah, to, to answer that question, yeah, we have some go through some training. Do they go through it? Some of them do, some of them don't. But when they don't, I already know that in three months they're going to be gone. So let's say we want to bring you on and, and we're going to talk offline because we're constantly trying different ways to generate consistent seller leads. Um, do I get you for in-market representation or do you work with multiple people in market? How do you kind of figure that out? So you mean as in from a realtor standpoint? Yeah. So let's say we want to bring you on for Staten Island. This podcast is going to air and maybe you get, you know, no phone calls. Maybe you get five from other, other brokers in, in the market. Does that, does the quality get diluted or does it scale up as you add more ad spend? So it, the simplest form possible to answer that is none of, I don't think any of us can afford to spend enough to dilute the market with our ads, you know, a thousand bucks. It's not even enough to begin. You'll probably reach with a thousand dollar ad spend. You're probably going to reach around a thousand people. And that's not even people filling out your lead form. That's just like reaching them. And I could be wrong. It's probably less because cost per click in the Staten Island area is like $6 to $13 a click. So yeah, you're probably gonna be reaching a lot less than that. But uh, yeah, if if your ad spends not like fifty thousand dollars a month, you have, you'll never have anything to worry about because because Zillow spends they're spending seventy eight thousand dollars a month on Google alone. So I think we're good. <laughs> Got it. Well, this is fascinating, man. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on that you guys are doing that I didn't hit on? Um, I really think it just. It boils, it all boils down to the follow-up. You know, I think that agents really need all business owners, not just agents. They need to begin developing SOPs, standard operating procedures. So I always, when you have a business, you need to think in terms of, if I wanted to sell this right now, could I? If I wanted to franchise this right now, could I? So standard operating procedure for people that don't know is just a list uh, of how to do things for my callers how do you how to do a proper phone call or how to on onboard a client step one send them a welcome email step two upload the intro message into Basecamp. click here for intro message to Basecamp. step three book an onboarding appointment if you can do that with your entire business it's going to be so much smoother but then you can begin delegating the reason why agents are wearing 10 different hats, they literally could pay someone three to five dollars an hour to do half the stuff, set up the CO appointments. They, obviously, they may have to pay someone extra to actually sit there. They could pay somebody to do all this extra transaction coordinating stuff if they just said, hey, this is how you fill out a contract. Step one, input the address. Yes, it's going to take you two hours to create a, a standard operating agreement, uh, standard operating procedure to fill out a contract. Absolutely. But, but you, you just do it once. Exactly. Yes. You do it once. Yep. And then you just, and if you don't want to do that, let's just make it easier while you're sitting down, filling out on, on dot loop, the contract download loom it's free L O O M.com and just click record and speak out loud. 
all right, I'm inputting their name, their number, address, et cetera, offer, whatever it may be. If it's a listing agreement, whatever you put in there and just do it once. And then the person that you hire say, hey, this is how you fill out an agreement. You don't want to follow up with leads. Every agent's excuse. Oh, I don't have time to follow up with leads. Well, one, if you don't have time to follow up with leads, you're going to be paying a premium. There's no way around that one. Or you could just build out a nice little follow-up system like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Virtual Assistant, this is what I want you to do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I want you to text, call, and email Susie because she wants to buy a house. And this is the message I want you to send. And this is the number I want you to send it from. And then they're like, okay. There's a lot of blame that goes on in this industry. Everyone gets, yeah. it's not anyone's fault. If you, if you don't have SOPs, how are you going to be a good boss? I hate the word boss. I mean, like leader. How can you lead someone if you don't even know where you're going? Your day-to-day is so out of whack. And then you're trying to hire a marketing company. Now you're frustrated because you gave them money. So somewhere inside, you feel entitled, like, oh, they owe me. They like they work for me. The marketing company doesn't work for you because at the end of the market, at the end of the day, the marketing company knows how to advertise online. Yeah. This is why these tech companies are making hundreds of millions of dollars because we, if we can provide the leads, we can go knock on every single door and just say, hey, why don't you come with us? Zillow, Zillow didn't pull the rug. 80% of Zillow leads get uncalled and unresponded to. What do you think they're going to do? The, Zillow is paying for those leads regardless. They're going to make their money back. They're not going to sit here and be like, this isn't ethically right. They have they have a $50 million payroll to give out every single year. You think they're about to wait on Susie because, because she didn't feel like making a call or make her SOPs? No, they're not. 87%. When, uh, when listing complaints, 87%, the first complaint was real estate agents don't call back. And how do real estate agents expect to survive as a collective? Everyone's so willing to be gung-ho, oh, I'm EXP and be have this cult-like mentality, but nobody's saying, when you get, hey, did you call your leads today? Yeah. So there's, unfortunately, what happens in this business is that people come in, the market's hot, they make some money, then the market cools off and they fall off. Right. And it's just a constant turnover. So what we're working really, really hard on now is building out a complete institute that talks about imparting knowledge, but also the process. Exactly what you just said making videos for everything, how to order a business card, how to get your extension, how to fill out each individual form, how to uh, literally a how-to of the processes, but then also imparting knowledge, right? How do you distinguish yourself? How do you close? That's a whole nother separate skill set because we're we're building for scale, right? We want to be able to duplicate this over and over, and we want to have the agents that are going to be here long-term. I've got some people who have been with me for 17 or 18 years but what we're trying to put together now is a scalable way as the new people come in that they have this infrastructure and pete's working on just a state-of-the-art killer crm that we're so excited for that's going to automate a lot of this stuff for the agents you know part of the problem Kari, is 
If they don't call this lead, they know another lead's coming. I sat down and reviewed leads with Pete today. I'm sitting there looking at some agents are getting 50, 60 leads per month that are office generated leads. It's not even their book. This is, it. you know, well, if I don't get to this one or I put a half-ass attempt into it, I know the next one's coming in a couple of hours anyway. And that's what happens, right? So trying to capture that, remarket to them and get them in a system where, uh, the CRM that Pete's building is going to look at how many times did you contact this person? What have you done in business development? How long have people been in the pipeline, right? To track all of that stuff, to, to try and build elite level agents. You know, that's what we're trying to do. And that's, it's, how do I say this? Well, son, I'm just going to say it straight out. It's, a, it's going to do more harm than good. You can't give realtors everything. I know. And it's, I know that's the problem. Yeah. And we, we all know it. it that's the problem. Know. You can't give everyday realtors, but you can build elite level agents that will crush. Yes. And that's, I see that's where you guys are headed and it's 100% scalable. Yep. And like with everything you guys are talking about, I already see exactly how you could scale it literally in like 12 months. I'm talking overnight it would be the easiest process ever once it's built out. It's always, it's all about creating irresistible offers, but that's a conversation for a different time. <laughs> but it's, you, I really, I like where you guys are headed. We're, we need the next, a brokerage with individuals like yourselves to become the next Zillow. Yes. Because realtors are not safe. Compass is coming for everybody. Yep. What's that? Sotheby, wherever Ryan Serhant works for, he is coming. His marketing team is insane. There's this team with EXP. I forgot their name. Some Spanish dudes out of California. My friend actually does the marketing for their company. So I get the little inside scoop. They are coming to dominate. because. Absolutely. They're just here. They're just going to scoop up all the good agents. Like just that. If you, if we're going to spoon feed people here, let's spoon feed the closers and just call it a day. That's it. That's it. Uh, everybody want to be an agent. Nobody want to be a closer though. Well, look, we're excited about what we're doing. We see what you see. Um, and we think that we're going to, we're going to end up with a, a, a product that's going to be pretty goddamn hard to compete with because we also do the commercial side. And there's no franchises out there that are, are hitting on the commercial side at all. And I mean, we crush with commercial. So we're, we're excited for it. You guys are going to head uh, do uh, like Airbnbs and stuff like that as well. So uh, someone needs to take over that Airbnb market. If you're already doing commercial, we know brick and mortar is going away little by little anyway. Yeah. Right. There's, there's Company secrets. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, no. That That's the beauty of it is that. There, once you have this kind of model built, there are so many little different veins that you can put a team on to focus within. It's exciting, man. I mean, it's change, but it's it's exciting as hell. We're going to look back at this, or I don't know how old you guys are, but your great-grandchildren or grandchildren are going to look back and be like, what were you doing during that time? You were able to get leads for 20, 30, or even a hundred bucks, yep. you could, you could lift your phone up on TikTok and become a celebrity overnight. <laughs> like you had, you did stupid dances. And the next thing you know, you're sitting next to Jay-Z and, and 
in ACDC at the at MTV Music Awards. And no one realizes that. And when you look back at COVID, I literally went from 2020 and 2019 through half of 2020, I was living in a one bedroom apartment with five other people. I saw the opportunity that I had and the knowledge and just implemented and saw that there was a problem. Everyone was generating leads, but nobody knew how to convert them. And it took my business that first year we did, I think it was like $196,000. And now we did that in the first quarter of 2021. But, and a wise man once told me, and I'm the wise man that told it to myself, the opportunity, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the opportunities of today are not promised tomorrow. That's right. So, yeah. It's a unique moment in time, man. And people walking around, not quite, quite realizing what's happening here if you just learned how to get a listing if you just waited with a marketing company for 60 days you're selling a house you guys are in staten island you're probably selling that house forty thousand dollars above market yeah you're getting closings in like seven to 14 days when, was, when I, I got three listings in one month back in 2019 that's i went through facebook ads it took me three months to close the deal and i was dying i was like whatever you need seller concessions we'll pay the inspections <laughs> just give me i need to close <laughs> the realtor now shows up they could put their feet up like we got to stop with this thing acting like we're doing such a a crazy thing right now like oh we're providing so much value there are some brokers that are they're really i've seen some working their ass off yep getting that one hundred thousand dollar above ask yep but let's just call it for the regular realtor you're not gonna have to do a lot go put some stuff on zillow real quick and then put your little post on facebook looking to buy or sell hit me up and you're gonna make 20 30 40 thousand dollars just really so just learn the skill to keep that that machine rolling because once you own the machine and you own the system, it doesn't matter if the market goes sideways, up, down. It's just a different ad, but it's the same follow-up process. It's the same personality. You're showing up the same every time. And that's where you begin winning. There's a huge difference between an order taker and a deal maker. Yes. Yes. We're, we're building deal makers here. Absolutely. Uh, listen, Kari Harper, how do people get a hold of you? Um, you could find me on Facebook and it's just, it's simple. It's going to be, well, I think my spelling will be at the bottom is K H A R I and then H A R P E R. I say some pretty, uh, blunt stuff on there. So yeah, professionalism it's there. I always deliver on my word, but I do business unorthodox. I'm just, no, you're, you're a fun follow on Instagram. I'll say that for sure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, I just try to be me because there's no point in being a business owner if you can't be yourself, right? Like Absolutely. Business, you know? Absolutely. Amen. Listen, man, this was a great talk, and uh, we're going to reach out to you afterwards, all right? Absolutely. Stay safe.